Anti-Seventaine. Hello and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio. If you're a new listener, we're a community podcast about video games which aims to bring lapsed and active gamers together in an effort to keep the hobby alive for us all. You can email us at lapsgamerradio at gmail.com, visit our blog at lapsedgamer.com and chat to us, chat with us on uh, social media at lapsedgamer on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash lapsgamer for our Facebook page. I'm your host Mark Hamer and today we'll be talking about what we've been playing over the festive period in the first couple of weeks of the new year. Then it We'll be revisiting some of our 2016 predictions as well as setting some new ones for 2017 and talking about our most anticipated games due for release in the next 11 and a half months or so. Joining me today are Lee Howard, Kevin Moore, and Stuart Neal. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello, gents. Hi, hi. Good evening. Okay, before we begin tonight, um, we'd like to offer an acknowledgement of the fact that Stuart Cullen has recently departed from the LGR team. Uh, we wanted to thank him for the contributions he made to the show um, over the last year. Uh, if you're still looking um, to find out about what Stuart's doing, you can find Stuart's work in the Scottish Sun every week, and he has also teamed up with fellow gaming podcasters, the fine gentlemen at the Kodak Moments, um, or Kodak Momentum podcast, uh, to publish more of his games journalism work on their website under the moniker Scotch Corner. Uh, so be sure to check it out at www.kodakmoments.com. Yeah, and their podcast is the Kodak Call, is that right? Uh, there's there's a number of podcasts. I think they qualify as a podcast network because <laughs> they have a multitude of podcasts. The, yeah, so he's got a lot of his written content up. Yeah, um, first edition of Scotch Corner went up on Friday uh, with a collection of reviews, and then also a few days before that, he posted up um, a very interesting uh, interview with one of the producers from Watch Dogs Two that's worth a read as well. So yeah, check that out over at uh, CodecMoments.com. <laughs> Before we move on to what we've been playing, um, how have those of us taking part in the Backlogathon been coping over the last few weeks? Admirably. <laughs> yeah? Have you finished any games off your Backlog, Kev? No, but I've not bought any new ones. <laughs> well, that's half the battle. <laughs> have you made any progress in any of the games on the Backlog? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I've finished the storyline on Lego Marvel Avengers, but that's it. I've not got any further. I've just been um, trophy scooping since, trying to complete it. Did you see the final credits roll? Yes. I count that as beating a game. All right, that's okay then. Go! What's the terminology again? Complete, that's completed, but not finished if you leave yeah. achievements yeah. or whatever. Right, I got you. Beaten, but not cl- not cleared. Yes. Or, I don't know. Yeah, whatever the terminology right. is. Yeah. If you see the final credits roll, then you can take it off your backlog, and anything else you do in it is just a bonus. For yeah. fun, yeah. That's, that's how I'm viewing it. Yeah, but if I don't finish it, I'll just stand in the corner of the room turning the light on and off, so I'd better finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm very pleased. I, uh, I've, I only bought one game. Like Since we announced we were all gonna like or whoever was taking part was gonna save for the switch um, i only broke and bought one game and that was because it was like a couple of quid uh, on sale and that was never alone and that was the first game i completed mm. of the new year so i feel like you know i've been a good boy that if i broke the rules at least i just cleared that game straight off and then uh, of course yeah. it's just been the switch pre-order so yeah no i can't wait till march and then uh 
the savings will have paid off. All two hundred and seventy nine ninety nine of it. <laughs> yeah. Now thinking about it, I'm ahead of all of you now because I've cancelled my switch pre order. I am two hundred and eighty <laughs> quid in credit. Fuck so you. you. Yeah, so you don't even have to do the saving now. <laughs> Stuart, how you been doing? Uh, as for me, I've completed Lego. Well, beaten Lego Batman three um, on the Wii U, so that's off my backlist. Um, I also traded in a handful of PS3 games that I had copies of on Steam as well. Um, so mm-hmm. I just that's them gone. Um, apart from obviously I still have the ones on Steam. Um, I have been going through some of my older ones and seeing how far I've got into them. Things like um, Xenoblade Chronicles and uh, sort of a couple of other um, large roleplay games just to see how I was getting on. I have spent a little bit of money. I dropped um, I think about £15 or so in the Steam sale um, over Christmas but I did not pre-order a Switch. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) That's two of us! My reasoning behind it was at £280 it was just that little bit too dear without a pack-in game. Um, mm-hmm. I at this stage with the sort of backlogathon going on and what have you, I had about two hundred and eighty pounds saved up, and would have dropped on it um, if it had been with a game or a little bit cheaper, one mm. or the other. But I, you know, I'm a family man and childcare costs and everything this year. It was just that little bit too dear for me. Mm. I will consider getting it maybe towards the end of the year and obviously there'll be a little bit then of a a decent back catalogue hopefully of games um, with potentially 80 or so coming out before the end of the year Um, but it was just that wee bit well it's 80 in development isn't it I don't think it's 80 to be out Um, but whenever I sort of started weighing it up and what have you at that price it was just that little bit too dear and you know there's other things that you could buy and maybe get a little bit more use out of you know like a chromebook or there's an nvidia shield or you know that would get you a reasonable android tablet and a bluetooth controller and what have you for a little um, you know, less mm. um actually one of the first things i did whenever i saw the price of it was go onto the nintendo store website and see how much the price of a nintendo 3ds was going for and with a pack-in if game, you can find one well at they were actually quite good. With a pack-in game, they had, um, I think it was Style Boutique 2, um, one of the Animal oh, Crossing that, that games. Classic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one it's of actually the... highly regarded, apparently, that franchise. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Lee's getting Just Dance, so let's not forget <laughs> about this. <laughs> right. I'm not. <laughs> I've, seen the, I've seen your pre-order receipt, Lee. <laughs> um, there was one of the other ones. There's... Um, not, it's not Dragon Ball Z, it's but along those sort of um, anime lines. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles and Monster Hunter 4. The Xenoblade mm. Chronicles one was sold out um, just whenever I looked up, and that was literally that morning um, after the presentation. When I looked later on that day, um, the Xenoblade Chronicles was still sold out, Monster Hunter was sold out, and one of the other ones was sold out, so I wasn't necessarily the only one waiting on that price and trying to weigh up whether or not to go for a Switch or a Nintendo 3DS. Um, But yeah, they seem to be getting scarcer to actually get the hardware and what have you. Yeah, I mean, obviously the new Nintendo 3DS XL... Um, they, they would, I'm sure they would still be available. They certainly yeah, that seems to be the only models. model that is available and it's currently sitting at about £180 on um, Argos and what have you. That's the one I would advise you to get if you're going to yeah, get one. That's what I was sort of thinking, um, even though it is a little bit dearer and you're not necessarily getting a game with it. So I'm still weighing it up. I probably won't go for that, but I probably will reinstate my pre-order for Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. 
um, mm. just to carry me over the next sort of nine months or so um, until I may- maybe pick up a Switch. Well, it won't cost you 60 quid. Well, yeah, that's the other consideration. It'll cost 40 instead, yeah. Cost 40, yeah. yeah. So just so I can get it clear, are we saying that we that we aren't buying games still? <laughs> are we playing the ones we've already got or are we just all just doing as we please? <laughs> Well, it's been announced. People have their pre-order in, you know. <laughs> That's the money taken care of up until March now. So this is all Andy's fault. <laughs> I haven't bought any games since we last talked. Um, <clears throat> I have what, come last into night, possession. You mean? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Since we last did a news recording, um, I haven't bought any games. I have come into possession of four games since then, though. Um, couple of Christmas presents and then a couple of games that uh, my girlfriend has bought that I also have access to. But to make up for that, I have bought a new one new console and pre-ordered two of another console, so <laughs> that probably makes up for it, because I bought a PS4 Pro and I've pre-ordered two Switches. Is this because you want the one with the funky coloured Joy-Con or whatever it is? Uh, no, no. I like I put I put one pre-order in place uh, with Shop Two before the, oh, the um, yeah. presentation, and then yeah. another one with Amazon the, yes. uh, the day after the, pres- uh, the, the the day of the presentation. Uh, and I haven't cancelled my Shop Two one. I'm thinking of keeping hold of it, um, and then either my girlfriend will buy it off me if she actually wants it when it comes out, or I'll take it down to CEX and make a tidy profit. I'm making progress. There's there are there are more increasingly more and more little green blocks on my spreadsheet. Still less than fifty percent of the backlog has been cleared, but I'm getting there. Well, at least you've like listed a lot of yours. I think me and Kev, I haven't even completed listing the games that are on my backlog. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, just with you saying about Christmas presents, that actually reminded me. I was I did get um, Endless Ocean for the Wii uh, for Christmas, as well mm. as Shadow of Mordor and the evil within on the playstation 3 nice yeah that's <laughs> that's that's reminding me of something as well <laughs> yeah. i was also gifted a couple of um games on steam um from our friend of the show howard welsh at welsh benno and i have been very lucky um over the past little while and got a couple of uh, won a couple of competitions on twitter for steam keys for a couple of games as well um they're just simple ones about either retweeting or liking or um, just sort of leaving a reply and what have you. And uh, I've been pulled out of the raffle, so that was quite nice too. Yeah, no, sorry, just to round my final confessions off. Yeah, no, I did get a couple of game-related gifts for Christmas, or the family did. So we've now got a 2DS in the house with um, that uh, level 5 kind of RPG that's like Pokemon. It's... Um, oh, oh Yokai Watch. Yeah, that's it, Yokai Watch, yeah. So my son's just absolutely obsessed with that at the minute, uh, and he's got the, the actual watch and all the kind of medals and things, so we're playing through that together, and we also, as a family, got the Lego movie video game, which I'll talk about shortly. So yes, even when you think you're doing well <laughs> and not buying games, you, just, you still manage to uh, you know accumulate a few. Mm-hmm. This is getting more like an AA meeting every week. moving on to what we've been playing uh over the festive period in these first few weeks of 2017 uh lee why don't you start us off so i'll keep it brief so of course i already mentioned that never alone which i think was actually one of the games that i had cited as something i was really looking forward to finally playing um when we recorded this like 12 months ago or whatever hoping it would come to the vita but uh, obviously that never happened but luckily it came to the mm. wii u and um it's the upper one games is the developer and it's like uh 
it's almost like a very basic platformer across uh, it's like structured like a story so it's got chapters and the I guess the unique selling point other than the fact that you play uh, an indigenous Alaskan girl named Nuna is that you actually kind of rotate you control her and her fox companion so if you remember kind of brothers you know like the dynamic where you'd you'd play both of them at the same time mm. to overcome obstacles and puzzles that there's a similar dynamic but you don't control both of them simultaneously in this game no. um, but we're hoping i know because a few others on the team have played it to do a playlist episode on that so i'll say no more for now other than the wintry setting was ideal although i got very little game in time because uh, it's a short game but it still lasted me the whole of december <laughs> and the first few weeks of the year um, but you yeah, know i was pleased to you know get through that one I've also gone back because obviously a few of us off the back of the, um, you know, of last year and the, the top 10 show or the, sorry, games of the year show that we only did the top five in the end, but we, a lot of us played Super Mario 3D World and obviously absolutely adored it. Um, I went back to Super Mario, Super Mario 3D Land, obviously, which is like the precursor on the 3DS because I'd never actually played through and finished that game. Um, it's the same developer, EAD Tokyo. Um, this one came out back in 2011 so it's really same uh, lead designer as well yeah um uh, from the two galaxy games as well yeah so th- that's the thing isn't it about these kind of 3d 3d land and 3d world the fact that they take um well so they take elements of the 3d mario tiles like your galaxies and the previous kind of classics but they also have that um one foot in the sort of traditional 2d mario side scrolling games uh, and that's something that i've really actually enjoyed that kind of marriage of the two different styles and being on the 3ds it the, the 3d is it really kind of augments and complements the gameplay style so i think because i've done it in reverse like i've played 3d world first i can now uh, retrospectively kind of understand in hindsight what people are saying that they felt that um some aspects of 3d world slightly disappointed them because they obviously aren't 3d you know like they're still kind of designed in terms of the levels to be give a sense of 3d and obviously 3d is in the title but actually having that 3d effect in the 3ds really does give 3d land like an, an extra kind of dimension <laughs> for want of a better of expression so yeah no i've been really enjoying that the, the levels are nice and short you know you can pick it up um, and play it and you know get through a couple of levels in a particular world so yeah i'm hoping to stick with it and get through it because i know like most mario games the real game unlocks once you see the end credits and i believe i think you take control of luigi and then you get like much harder challenging worlds uh, later mm. on apparently i mean it's i'm looking at wikipedia it says there's 96 distinct levels oh, of 16 what? worlds so uh, it's a bit a lot a bit um it's a lot of bigger game than i think i initially expected and i'm just embarrassed that i've kind of left it i kind of bought it you know early on and then sort of played the first few worlds and then must have got distracted with something else so yeah really looking forward to having that experience uh, on a handheld you know this year and uh, finally for me i'm playing one of the christmas presents that i mentioned before and that's the lego movie video game and i'm doing that in co-op with the missus so brilliant again you know using the wii u so one of us has got the tv and the other one's got the gamepad and uh, you know i love the lego movie um one of i think it was my number one film of the year it came out and uh, I, I think they've done a great job in kind of recapturing the the kind of unique aesthetic and sort of tempo and energy of the film in the game and mm-hmm. i don't know i think it's the original film cast yeah they're doing the voices but they've recorded like extra lines so yeah that's it's been good fun and it feels for lego games particularly the more recent ones it feels like maybe a bit smaller 
and a bit more kind of manageable. So I'm, I'm hoping to not only do the story mode, but, you know, like Kev's doing with um, the Lego Avengers game, maybe do a bit of mop-up of achievements uh, to get closer to 100%. But no, it's been, it's really good fun. And, uh, you know, it's great to be playing any kind of co-op game on the Wii U. I, it'll be a sad day in a way when uh, that gets kind of packed away. I'm certainly intending to play it for many months and, and years to come because it's, I've still got so much use left in the console. I've got a question about this, um, whether it features my two favourite characters from... Uh, well, actually, no, three favourite characters. Uh, so the 1970s Spaceman, is he in there? Benny, yeah. Okay. No, 19... Sorry, 1980s Spaceman. He's a playable character. Excellent. <laughs> um, the Unikitty? Yes. Yes, she's in it, and she's Excellent. got a wonderful kind of like rage out kind of power. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and of course, Metal Beard. Yes, yes, he's in it. Yeah, brilliant. Great. He, he okay. can't jump, uh, but I'm he, sold. He's, he's got an enormous armory at his disposal, <laughs> and it does get him utterly crazy. Like there's, um, the, I think the last bit I did was when you were actually in the Unikitty world. What's it called again? Cloud Cuckoo Land. Or yes, like that. that's it. Yeah, and I they, think that's they've really yeah. extended out um, some of the missions in that. So yeah, I, I felt in a way. <laughs> kind of sick because of the colours and the chaos <laughs> um, it's a bit gutting because I 99%ed it and my PS4 died and I had to get a replacement oh. PS4 so it meant oh. I'd, I'd lost everything and it me save hadn't uploaded and then oh, I thought the, the only trophy I didn't get was um, doing the dance moves. Yes, yeah, with the bat, the quick time. Bat, yes, yeah. yeah. And uh, there's about three, I think there's three dancers in the, the game, so you'll probably come across them. But um, yeah, try and ace them when you can, because <laughs> oh, I still regret it. I've still got it. I'm, I'm definitely going to have another go at it, because it, it was just such a fun game anyway. One thing that I did notice, and I, I think we've talked about this off air, is that the only games that lock up my Wii U are the Lego games. So I, I, I'd said before about um, I had similar issues on PS3, like Lego Batman 2 sometimes used to glitch and not unlock trophies even if you completed levels. Mm. Um, and yeah, like Lego City Undercover, Lego Marvel Superheroes and Lego Movie the Video Game, they are the only occasions that my my Wii U is locked up. I'm now thinking, actually, is it because they are, they are in there for hours and hours and hours on end? Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> the when discs you play are it. melting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, it, it just freezes and then like amidst this really high pitched hum, it's done it like about three times. It's really unusual because hmm. I'm so used to like never ever having a, a Nintendo console crash. Like I don't think my Wii crashed once. Mm. Well. Come March the 3rd, we'll have new Nintendo consoles with no moving parts, so we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, what have you been playing? I bet you've got a wealth of games, dozens of them. Plethora, plethora. A plethora. Yes. Um... <laughs> a myriad. <laughs> oh, a cornucopia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, Lego Marvel Avengers. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you were playing Dimensions, I think, again. Like, that's an ongoing thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Take that as red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just like your fridge ticking over in the background. That's always on. Kev doesn't do A, B, C. Kev does A, P, D. Always playing <laughs> Dimensions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, keep, I keep querying whether to pick this up or not. I mean, I, I've, oh. I keep putting it off because I don't want to get into the whole uh, commitment to buying all the packs. <laughs> and, and none of you guys have really ever talked about it on Wii U, you like you've all got it on PS4, mm. so I didn't know yeah. whether there was 
I don't know, a depreciation in quality on where you or not, but I don't know, I'm tempted because I know people are starting to sell. I'm noticing, you know, like everyone was, people were selling their Disney Infinity stuff. I have noticed that on Wii U, people seem to be selling their Dimension stuff. I don't know whether that they presume it, that's going to come to Switch or not. I don't know. I don't know what the whole mm. Nintendo and Lego relationship's really like, actually, because obviously they were both competitors, like the Amiibo and the the kind of like Lego Dimensions seems to be in direct competition in a way. I can't remember seeing the Lego logo. Um, that's a bit of an mouthful. Lego logo. <laughs> Can you remember seeing Lego on there? Well, they they are they is you know they're releasing uh, Lego City Undercover on oh, yeah. the platform yeah. now. Mm. I, I presume yeah, that will go to well. Switch as yeah. well. Yeah. It is, yeah. And Imaginators as well is getting it. Mm. And um, for the yeah. Switch, it's actually a very clever thing where so that you can take them with you, you actually scan them into the game and they stay in the game for Imaginators. Um, so this you is the Skylanders to, game. It yeah. is, yeah. 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 Um, so you don't actually even need to take them with you. Um, they will be held within the game once you actually log them in. Um, so it'd be curious, surprising maybe, if Dimensions doesn't, but you could maybe see the reasoning why they wouldn't necessarily. Um, but it'll be mm. just a wait and see. It certainly hasn't been announced as far as I'm aware. Well, I'll resist for now, but I don't know. I don't know how I'll be come the end of 2017. <laughs> I might be surrounded by them. <laughs> well, Stu, uh, your your little ABC quip reminded me. I'm still holding out. I, I'll get Lego Dimensions when they finally make the Glengarry Glen Ross set. <laughs> Where were we? Lego Marvel Avengers, that's it. Back to that. Still trying to mop up, but then found out that I'd somehow got all the DLC for it. So I'm guessing the drunken me from the past bought all the DLC for the future. <laughs> <laughs> so is that DLC um, substantial or more... Like, is it more missions or is it more... Cost- oh, is God, it, yeah. Is it content-based or is it more just like a veneer, I guess? Loads like more, skin. yes. There's tons, tons of... Oh, okay. It's not just skins. You've got whole levels, low, whole worlds. Oh, right, okay. Crazy. So go. Yeah, I was going to say, so it expands... It's not just on the um, first two Avengers films, then? I think it's all three. Uh, yes, yes. I've got you. Yeah, yeah. There's Iron Fist, Spider-Man, stuff like that. It's great because I've done the game and then my really young ones realised that... Um, if I pass her a PS3 controller to play alongside with me on the PS4, it's not going to work. She knows now, and I have to have two PS4 controllers. <laughs> and she'll quite happily sit there playing along with Iron Man. Is the Hulk's breaker? Um, the Hulkbuster suit, or Veronica as it's known. Hulkbuster, that's it, yeah. <laughs> we just hang around like um, like H and yeah. you, Lee, uh, in Manhattan, just smashing stuff. <laughs> Stu, what have you been playing then? I have been playing some games and I'm actually going to talk about one that I have completed. Hooray! Yay! Um, well, as I was saying earlier, one of the lovely gifts that I got from a friend of the show, Howard, um, was Abzu um, on the PC. Oh. So that has been my the first game completed this year. And uh, <sighs> oh I my, really want to play that. Oh my goodness, what a gorgeous and wonderful game that is. Um, it's made by Giant Squid um, Games, and I think a lot of them have come from um, the team that was behind Journey originally. Uh, the, the the lead guys that was the art director on Journey. Yeah, and the music is done by Austin Wintory, um, who did mm-hmm. uh, the, again the music for Journey as well. The it's just such a lovely, lovely experience. Um, I would say it's. Per- 
perfect for laps gamers um, simply because it's maybe two and a half hours ish long um, there's no deaths you're just going through and enjoying the uh, the experience um, of it the main story is that you appear to be an alien diver um, or a diver of some description and you basically go through different um, sort of little seascapes and what have you and finding little drones and you're following a shark um, and trying to figure out what is going on because um, an awful lot of the time you get to shrines as such um, but the shrines themselves are completely dead um, all the sort of ocean life and what have you around them has seemingly died um, so part of your mission is to uh, reinvigorate the shrines and uh, get them up and running again and sort of introduce life back into the oceans it's just a beautiful beautiful experience and as I say the music and everything just adds so well to it it is despite being my first game completed of 2017 i would be very surprised if this is not in my game of the year list and uh, come the end of the year it is yeah, uh, an early contender yeah it is that yeah. I, it is that impressive and uh um certainly i remember people raving about it it only came out in august last year and uh um as i say I w- it was on my Steam wish list anyway, and I probably would have got it in the Steam sale, um, but I was gifted it, so which was very, very nice, and uh, thank you so much to Howard for that. But a uh, beautiful experience, and I would highly recommend it. I'll not go into the, the story, because at two and a half hours, just sit down, just play it. Um, it's th- that sort of game. Um, and it's actually prompted me to then go and buy Journey on the PlayStation 3 purely because I'd never I'd only ever played a little bit of the demo of uh, really? Journey oh. yeah so I I've, I've uh, still not played it I've got it on Plus oh yeah. man I've, I've actually completed it it's one of the few I have done last year <laughs> <laughs> so I dare say that that might be I don't know if I can maybe twin that for a game of the year even having not played it if it's, any, <laughs> if it's anything like Abzu it's definitely going to be up there as well um, mm. so yeah I'm very much looking forward to getting into that and I'm right in thinking that Connor um, came on and talked a lot about Abzu didn't he um, yes we had him on yeah, year. during yeah. the year yeah and yeah, uh, he raved about it as well yeah um, yeah it's uh, just a, such a wonderful game yeah that's one I'm definitely looking to pick up once it drops down a little bit in price on uh, on PS4 because still I think it's still about 15 pounds which isn't a huge amount but um I'm waiting for it to come down a little bit before I pick it up. Yeah, and the Steam sale dropped down to about gorgeous. maybe £5 or so, um, which, as I say, oh, is, was, would have been a nice, yeah, a nice price point to actually pick up. Um, so mm. it was. Even the playtime, I went back and 100%ed it for the uh, Kodak Momentum um, sort of league table. So that, uh, yeah, um, I think it added maybe another two, two and a half hours, so it maybe doubled the playtime on it, um, just getting all the extra collectibles and things. It probably would have taken me a little bit longer had I not necessarily been using a little bit of a guide for some of the harder <laughs> to reach or Nothing find objects. Nothing wrong with that. No, no, no not <laughs> at all. Nothing wrong with that. Um, even just you know, playing through it anyway again was just lovely and uh, because I then obviously played it through beforehand, a second playthrough meant that I actually saw a little bit and pieces that I hadn't necessarily seen before, so yeah, no, um, absolutely gorgeous. The other games that I've been playing have been free ones. Um, I've been throughout January um, to help with sort of lapsed gamers and um, people's pockets. I've been sort of tweeting about free games every day um, through January and I've been playing some myself. Um, so my first one was one of the ones that we plugged a wee while ago which was Hidden My Game by Mom, um, which is a mobile game and it's basically a room escape game. Um, the sort of it's made by uh, let's see Hap Inc and published by Warp Door 
um, on mobile. Uh, the main description is just says, my mum had to hide my game. Is it in the closet, on the bookshelf, under the sofa? Where is my game? So you basically go through a set of rooms. Um, there's 30 levels in the first game and I think uh, 30 in the second game, hidden my, my game by mum too. Um, and it basically is trying to work out what to do with the objects to find what basically looks like a DS um, that your mum has hidden somewhere around. There are sort of game failure levels or game fail states for each level um, where you either find your mum or you discover a, a snake hiding in a jar or if you pick up a wallet um, you get chased by the police. It's a very, very silly game. Um, but for a room escape game it doesn't feel too obtuse or just ridiculous to try and get the win condition uh, for each of the levels. It's just good fun. Yeah, Adam's been talking about that as well, hasn't he? He's been playing yeah, that yeah. for recommendation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I posted about it before I even put it up into the January free games and yeah, he uh, has said that he really enjoyed it as well. Uh, the next two games I have been playing have been ones on Steam. Uh, so the first one is It's Always Monday uh, which is by Alonzo um, Games. It is... I want to say it's kind of Stanley Parable-esque in that you're an office worker and basically trying to get yourself fired or quit or resigned <laughs> mm. um, by sort of going through um, different sort of situations and what have you, maybe um, like breaking into your um, your boss's um, office and things like that, opening up um, his um, filing cabinet and things, or maybe trying to console the secretary in the reception because her fish has died. Um, it's not very long, it's maybe about an hour, so as I say, it feels Stanley Parable-esque, but a much um, sort of lower or not as good version um, of... Certainly worth playing, as I say, it's free. Uh... The last game that I've been playing then is called A Date in the Park, which is a Cloak and Dagger Games uh, published game on Steam. Uh, Cloak and Dagger Games do sort of a variety of uh, point-and-click adventures, and uh, this is no exception to that. This is their only one that is currently on Steam that I could see, um, but there are other ones actually listed on their website um, that you can either are either free or are sort of like a, a very small amount you actually buy. Uh, a Date in the Park is a very low resolution um, old school sort of point and click adventure um, done almost like uh, sort of scan photographs and what have you but obviously set to a very uh, low resolution scan uh, the main story is that you're a tourist in Lisbon and you met a very nice woman the night before and she told you to go and meet her in the park the next day so you take a wander around the park and you start then finding little notes, uh, well, talking to the um, sort of workers and what have you, or um, spotting some animals and what have you in the park, but then you start finding little clues as to where she might be in the park. And then it takes a very extreme twist. And that is all I'm going to say about that, because, <laughs> again, it's not a long playtime. It's maybe about um, a little over an hour or so. And uh, I know Adam's played this, and basically all we saw in the DM chat um, after he'd finished was WTF, what was with that ending? And, yeah, I'm just we're just going to leave it at that. So that's all I've been at. Um, I've started um, playing a little bit, as I say, going back and sort of looking at um, some of the other games and what have you that I have in, uh, that I would like to complete this year. So I've started playing Fez, uh, which is absolutely lovely. I have been sort of catching up on where I am in Xenoblade Chronicles, and I think I'm at a reasonable 
maybe about halfway, maybe a little more than that through it. I've also had a little bit of a go at Lego City Undercover and oh my goodness, there are 450 gold bricks to find in that game. <laughs> that is Good going luck. to be, yes, that is going to be a long play. Um, and unfortunately it doesn't have off-screen play either, so it's uh, that'll be an as and when I actually get the chance to play it on the Wii U. Um, but that's been about it for me. I'm uh, really looking forward to hearing your thoughts once um, once you realise what's lying underneath the surface of Fez. Once once you get past this kind of like rotating the world puzzles into like some of the really difficult meta puzzles that are that are in that game. Oh, I'm sure that I've read sort of little bits and obviously I've seen oh um, my God. In, indie game, the movie and what have you, and I know sort of little yeah. bits but not an awful lot and I've found like my first anti-matter cube. Um, mm. So I have, and yeah, it's, uh, I think that is going to be a long, well, it's about eight hours or so, but I would dare say that yeah. it's probably an awful lot longer than that to get sort of 100% on it. I am thir- uh, Yeah, yeah. And I'd like, uh, God knows how many man hours went in in total um, through the internet community working together to yeah. try and solve some <laughs> of the really difficult puzzles in that game because it took them months. Yeah, for me, um, sort of initially, I've maybe put about two to three hours into it so far, and uh, it mm. is lovely. It is sort of those sort of Mario levels of sort of platforming or what have you it plays beautifully the um, sort of switching dimension mechanic um, use shoulder buttons what have you to rotate um, the actual play area and what have you that you're in and uh, mm. such a fantastic game so yes I'm very much looking forward to getting more into that and that disaster piece soundtrack is so good it is it's very very good so it is I've just noticed that, like you know you've been uh, tweeting out about these free games throughout the month yes uh, there's been a very glaring omission, uh, quite possibly the best free game uh, currently available to play. Uh, the survival horror game, Don't Shit Your Pants. <laughs> Have you ever played it? No. I don't know why I just remembered about it. Um, I played it a while ago. It's a browser-based... Uh, this is this is It's a browser-based game. This is a description on Wikipedia. The objective of the game is to use a text prompt to prevent a man standing beside a closed door from defecating inappropriately. Basically, you've got like a poorly drawn man, looks like he's done in Microsoft Paint, standing next to a door, uh, and there's a timer clocking down... Um, and when the time reaches zero, he will shit, and you have to prevent him from <laughs> shitting his pants. <laughs> and that is it. Um, it's a little browser game. Uh, just go and Google and type in "Don't shit your pants," and it'll be the first search result that comes up. It's fucking brilliant. So we know what you get to at work. <laughs> oh, I don't. Wouldn't play that at work. <laughs> I do it like as a browser game. Like, when else are you in front of a browser? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't want my, I don't want my <laughs> trawling through my internet history and signing. What is this? I will add it to the list, Mark. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Strap in, boys. I've oh, got it's a, you. a big one. <laughs> Um, no, I will try and be as brief as possible. Um, so, I think I probably already mentioned this uh, on one of the Game of the Year episodes, or around about a time. Uh, finished Super Mario 3D World since we last recorded like an episode where we talked about what we've been playing. End credits um, or the whole thing? End credits. Well, well yeah. done. That's still halfway yeah. through. Yeah. That'll count. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I've still got, I've still got lots of play, and I'm, I'm still dipping in every now and then. Um, it gets really, really good. Though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I just want to. The wanna, difficulty uh, ramps up. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to that. Um, 
you know yeah but like <laughs> absolutely amazing game i, I want to echo everything that you guys said about it on uh, the game of the year episode it's the makings of a nervous breakdown <laughs> yeah no it's a phenomenal game and it is the best 3d platformer out there probably until the next 3d mario comes out which uh will be by the end of this year hopefully yeah um next up i finished final fantasy 15 um all 55 hours of it uh just to finish the main story uh, and a bu- bunch of side quests i've still got a bunch of side quests to do and lots of end game content now i've finished it I've, I've unlocked the ability to make the car fly so i can now access bits of the map that i couldn't do beforehand i i won't talk too much about this i, I, I want to talk more about it when uh at some point in the future when maybe somebody else on the podcast has, has finished it because the final few chapters of that game got really really emotional yeah uh gone home uh finished that uh well, it's not much of an achievement it's not a particularly long game but um i think game oh yeah that's sure, a yeah. brilliant brilliant game and again another one that like i knew i kind of knew what i was what i was in getting in for i knew roughly what the game was kind of about at least the basic premise of it uh and but I was just, I, even knowing that, I wasn't prepared for how much it would a game like that would affect me. It is basically just walking around a house, looking at objects, um, reading texts, um, listening to audio logs. That is it. Um, but like, wow, what? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah, like it's one of those games that where I like finished playing it, and I was just like put the controller down and go and have a sit down somewhere and just like <laughs> wow i need to i need to process all that because yeah um I, I can't say too much because almost anything would be a spoiler yeah but if you've got that game i mean it was free on ps plus on ps4 uh recently so you may have purchased it and not played it um definitely get it played and it's always pretty cheap on pc uh it takes about it took me about an hour and 40 minutes to finish in total, uh, yeah, and I took my time. I still managed to miss a few bits and pieces, um, which is surprising because I thought I trawled everywhere and it's not that big of a house. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, that's something special. And I know, I know you you were a big fan of it as well, Stuart. Gone Home is fantastic. It is, yeah. um, it's a very small play area and it feels mm. like a... You know, originally, whenever sort of 3D was sort of a thing and what have you, and people were doing sort of their maps and what have you for Doom, it feels like a very Mm. small and basic 3D map. But it's Mm. the amount of detail and story, background story, that the developers have put into it um, that just makes it stunning. Um, Otherwise, as you say, it is just walking around a a 3D environment. but it's it's everything that else that is in that environment that really really make it special. Hmm. And given the protagonists and who the story is about and the themes in the story, mm-hmm. uh, I shouldn't have like had the connection that I did with it because it's it's hard to explain. But it's it's kind of it was kind of also at the same time very relatable and yeah it kind of left me a little bit like wow um, I need to go and play something simple and happy for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, impressive that a game that's like you've been playing Final Fantasy for fifty plus hours and that had a mm-hmm. you know an emotional gravitas for you, but then you've got Gone Home on the other hand that's like you know mass you know drastically shorter, but it's still yeah. able to achieve the same level of 
you know, it's able to affect you in a kind of profound way. And I just think mm. that's that's the great richness of gaming. You've got all these different types oh, yeah, of experiences. Sure. Yeah, a lot of people um, will kind of d- dismiss games like um, Gone Home. Oh, it's just a little walking simulator or, uh, or it's SJW propaganda or whatever. Um, but no, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I need to seek out some more games like this i'm now having played this suddenly really really excited for um is it tacoma the the next fulbright game yes uh that's set on a space station in, yeah 2017 yeah i'm really looking forward to that now um it's gone home this <laughs> was uh, phenomenal um i wouldn't be at all surprised if that ends up on uh possibly on on my game of the year list at the end of the year um yeah Anyway, moving on. Um, Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor. Uh, finally finished that. Don't no idea how long I put into it. I did put the lion's share into it. I looked back um, at the trophy lists and some of the trophies I'd unlocked in 2014, uh, and then stopped playing for whatever reason because <laughs> I, it was back when I just kept on buying games willy nilly. Um, and so it sat on a shelf for ages. Uh, finally went back and finished that off. I. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about it when Andy's on next because he's the only other person really who's put any more time into it. I don't think I agree with him that it is game of the generation. Um, but I will say that I think it is def- that the Nemesis system is definitely the mechanic of the generation. Like I haven't, there hasn't been a game me- game mechanic uh, in any next gen or current gen, or whatever you want to call it, game so far that does anything as anywhere near as revolutionary as the nemesis system um but yeah i will uh, i'll save my any more detailed thoughts on that until uh, when andy's on an episode um overcooked uh, finally finished that off i'd had that finished bar the final level for god months um could not get past the final level uh so me and uh, my girlfriend we sat down and just bashed our heads against it over and over and over again until we finally beat it. Uh, so <laughs> the only way uh, to do it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's oh, it's so difficult. It's like um, you're basically so the, the the basic premise of the game is like uh, at the beginning, uh, the beast um, comes down. It basically looks like a giant meatball and spaghetti, uh, and it's destroying the world. And you have to placate it by feeding it, but you're not a good enough chef, so. <laughs> the Onion King. It sounds like a weird marriage between a uh, little shop of horrors and uh, Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> it kind of, yeah. So basically, uh, the the Onion King, who is just an onion with a crown and a big moustache, uh, sends you back in time to 1993, and then you slowly work your way back towards the present day, working through all these levels, uh, becoming a better chef, and then finally face off against the beast again uh, to try and satisfy his hunger. And it's so hard. I really hope they patch it in because it hasn't got online play uh, it's it's limited to just couch co-op uh i've only been able to play it with one other person uh, at a time and you kind of i don't know it lowers the score limit on ev- on most levels to give you more of a chance i don't know how the final level works because it's not based on score you just have to finish off all the dishes before uh, the timer runs down but i really want to play that with four people because it just looks like utter chaos and so much fun yeah overcooked dead good if you've got other people to play with if not it's not so great on your own 
the final game that I finished is Dishonored 2. My girlfriend bought me this for Christmas. I was a massive fan of the first Dishonored. It's like a perfect mixture of really good first-person styles, quite an engaging story, and I'm not I'm not really a big fan of steampunk or anything like that, but the, the, the world that Arcane created, which is not so much steampunk, but like whale punk... <laughs> Like, the whole world runs on whale oil, and it's like a weird mixture of, like, Victorian and then steampunk technology and then whaling. I don't know, it just it kind of clicked. Uh, and Dishonored 2 is, like, one of those sort of old-school-style sequels where it doesn't try and reinvent the wheel. It's just, it knows what it did right, and it wor- it just improves on that. Again, I'm um, I'm not going to say too much about this because I think I'm going to I'm going to write a review of this for the uh, the website. But I completed it over the course of about a day and a half. Immediately started it up again. Uh, played through the whole thing again um, with no kills and never being spotted. Wow! Uh, and <laughs> then immediately started the thing up again. So uh, yeah, I've played about forty in, in the space of a week. I played through about two and a half times uh, over the course of about forty hours. Because like, you certainly had some time to yourself over Christmas. I did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my girlfriend was working most of the, the most of that week, so I was like, I'd get up, go to the gym, come home, sit and play Dishonored. Yeah, um, you didn't get up and go to the gym. Come on. Oh no, I did. <laughs> some days I went to the gym. That game is is fantastic. If if you like first person stealth games, two things that I know Kev hates. <laughs> then, well, the original was on plus isn't it so i guess you could always give it a go if you're saying they're very no spirits <laughs> yeah on ps3 yeah yeah uh, and then they, they'd remastered it for the next gen consoles i think if i had played that before we recorded a uh, game of the year last year there's a good chance it would have been in my top five Ooh, possibly okay. reasonably high in my top five i yeah like maybe, it's, maybe it's this got, year then no, it'll have been forgotten by then. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it's it's it takes something for me to play through a game to the end, and then immediately start it again, yeah. and then play it through to the end again, and then immediately start it again. It's just oh, phenomenal. So those are the the six games that I finished. Uh, I'll briefly cover some of the ones that I've played. Dirt Rally. Rallying is, in my opinion, the king of motorsports. It doesn't get much coverage these days, partly because there's less interest in it, and partly because it's kind of hard to film. You stick a camera on a corner and a car will come past once every 10 minutes, maybe. Or hit you. Or hit you, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, rallying is just, it's just something about that sport that I just fucking love. Um, I used to love the old Colin McRae rally games back in the day. Uh, and then Codemasters started doing the Dirt series, which became increasingly more arcadey and silly and concentrated on like the Ken Block, Jim uh, Carner nonsense. Uh, Dirt Rally is a full-on World Rally Championship uh, and Rallycross simulator. Uh, it's hard as nails. Uh, it's the first racing game I've played in a long time, which has made me think I need a steering wheel. I mean, with, even with all the driving aids on, uh, you will crash repeatedly uh, until you get the hang of like that particular car. And even then, it's like it's you're basically wrestling with the car as you're driving over loose gravel or mud, or even on tarmac. Um, but I will save talking any more about that until uh, Ali's on an episode because I know he's a big fan of that and uh, has actually done some uh, videos with some tips on uh, controller setups and things like that over at his YouTube channel. If you search Cornwolf on YouTube. Uh, likewise, FIFA 17, I think I'll talk more about that when um, Adam's on an episode because I know he's played some. Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, Blood and Wine. 
Christ, the final we've played enough for all of us. So... <laughs> yeah, well, no, The Witcher Three. Uh, this is the next one that I'm going to finish. This is DLC, um, is it for Witcher? 3? This is the final, right. the second and final piece of DLC and the final Witcher game ever. Oh right, as far, okay. as, as, far as we're aware. So this is the final bit, which is probably why I've been dragging it out so long because I kind of don't want it to end. Because when it's done, that's it. There's no more, no more stories of of Geralt of Rivia for me to enjoy unless I go and start reading the books. I'm very close to finishing it. I can't really say anything too much about the story without dropping massive spoilers because I know there'll be people out there. Not um, Andy's looking at playing at some point, and there's a few other people on the podcast who've played the main game but maybe haven't played the DLC. It's the story isn't quite on level with the previous DLC I played, Hearts of Stone, which was like a really interesting twist on the Faust story. This is a little bit different. It's a, it's slightly more original, but not quite as well written, I don't think. But still a cut above your average um, video game story. Uh, the thing that that kind of one of well one of the many things that sets The Witcher apart from other sort of RPGs like this is in a lot of RPGs you get side quests you'll walk up to static character static character will ask you for something you go off and do it and come back static character yeah will they're give kind you. of perfunctory I understand what you yeah. mean like yeah like whereas these ones have like actual kind of meaning to them or yeah they, they have their own story. Uh, they have like fleshed out characters with full stories that will like you start off on what seems like a simple side quest that will end up going off into a chain with a full story arc um, with like a, a proper story with a proper payoff and that's like every side mission in that game it's like they put as much effort into the side missions in that game as most studios will put into the yeah. main story in their game. But I, I'm on the on the final stretch. I can see the end of the tunnel um, of Blood and Wine, and then I can finally put that game to rest. But I haven't ruled out playing through it again at some point. So, hold on a minute. What, how does it work in terms of like game of the year? Then would you be able to put a DLC? on your list or you're going to worry about mm. your, your split hairs over your criteria nearer the time no well I started Blood and Wine last year so I don't know if that counts no yeah. I mean more in terms of like does DLC for a game count like as in not, you've already had Witcher 3 in a previous year like could you well, still put Witcher thing, 3 so down maybe uh, some websites did list it in their their the lists of like game of the year or at least the candidates right. because okay. it's like 20 to 30 hours yes, long it's a I full understand. on expansion right. Andy had uh, Batman DLC on his last yeah. year yeah he does yeah so uh, I guess it all depends how substantial and how, how, yeah. how highly you rate it I guess I'd yeah. say that Blood and Wine is, is as big as a lot of other like AAA games are in their entirety and it's it was like a £10 piece of DLC Rise of the Tomb Raider. I've only played about half an hour to an hour of this. Uh, I simply, because my girlfriend bought it in the sale, and when I got the PS4 Pro, it was one of the games that you had a patch that upda- updated to, to utilize the PS4 Pro's power. So the other reason I, uh, re- I jumped straight back into Shadow of Mordor is because Shadow of Mordor has a 4K patch um, for the PS4 Pro. Um, and Rise of the Tomb Raider, you can run it in like... Uh, 1080p 60 frames a second 1080p 30 frames a second with enhanced visuals or 4k 30 frames a second uh, and so like I jumped between the three different settings to see what they're like and it, in 4k it looks absolutely stunning 
Um, except for the fact that Eidos... Is it still Eidos that make them? Oh, I don't know. Guessing Why so. Why has it ever been Eidos? Well, whoever makes them. They put a hell of a lot of effort uh, into making Lara Croft's face uh, incredibly detailed and the facial animation and everything incredibly detailed. Not so much with the other characters. So it kind of <laughs> looks a little bit odd when she's talking to another character in a cutscene because she is... The level of animation uh, and detail in her face is almost Naughty Dog levels. Uh, the other characters, not so much. So it's like watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit then? <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I barely played any of that. I, it, it's, it seems really fun, uh, and so I will... Uh, it, you know, it's... it's Similarities with Uncharted are are obvious but also kind of unfair because it does things very differently to Uncharted um, but once I've played some more I'll actually uh, elaborate on that a bit but the final game which again I'm not going to talk too much about because this one is definitely getting reviewed for the website is uh, Stardew Valley um I know Adam's played some of this. I think you've played some as well, haven't you, Stu? Yeah, it was one of my gifted games. I've only put like half an hour yeah. into it um, just to sort of get through the uh, the oh, preamble. Man. And uh, yes, I. <laughs> Did I, you man? You managed to put it down after half an hour. Yes, only because I was technically working from home. <laughs> okay, you're a stronger man than me then. So Stardew Valley is. Oh, well, I'm coming late to this. It was one of the indie darlings of last year. It's kind of phenomenal. Written, designed, coded, artwork, music, all done by one guy whose name eludes me. But it's a sort of... It's mainly, uh, I guess, like a Harvest Moon game, but with elements of Animal Crossing thrown in there and also almost kind of elements of Spelunky as well. So basically, you're a guy that works for a big corporation... Uh, and one day you've had enough and you leave because your grandfather's left left you his uh, farm. So you got to Stardew Valley. He left you a letter saying that if you ever just get so bored of doing your job and what have you, open this letter. Um, which is basically then gifting his farm to you. Yeah. So then he goes off to Stardew Valley uh, and you go, you go off to the farm and you basically become a farmer. It's it's kind of it's really hard to explain just how fucking brilliant this game is because it sounds really boring when you explain it. But <laughs> yes. you get you get into a loop. It's like you get up in the morning, like you have like you have like the seasons. Um, each season will last for it's like twenty to 30, 20, 20 something to thirty days, and you get up in the morning. You go out, uh, and you've by this point you're like you've planted some crops and stuff like that. So you'll go out, you'll water your plants. Um, you'll go and chop some wood. You'll go into town and talk to some of the people. You'll go and find your favourite person in town and give them a gift. Um, if if it's raining that day, then you'll go to the mines and fight little. Listen, it sounds so dumb to explain. <laughs> no, I know this is. Um, I've heard fans of. Is it? Is it the? Was it Children of Manor series? Is, it, is that what it was? Like the yeah. The, um, I think it was like the on a lot of the old Nintendo franchise, or it was on a lot of Nintendo platforms. But the kind of like farming sim, like I've heard that a lot of fans of that have come over to this. And I mean, it's got loads of critical acclaim, hasn't it? And I've only ever heard people speak very highly of it. And just how it. Oh my god! You've got is, no cause idea. Cause I take it, it's like a never-ending game. Uh, is that yeah, right? Like there is no I don't end. I think there is. No, I think you can just keep. You can just carry on going. Yeah, uh, I'm still in my mm. first year. I'm um, drawing to the end of autumn. Um, 
getting ready for the winter, stocking up on lots of hay so I can feed my cows and my chickens through the winter. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to explain, and it's it's even harder to explain just why uh, it, it is as addictive as it is. Like, um, since my girlfriend started playing it, she has played nothing else um, for the best part of two weeks. Every time I log onto the PS4, <laughs> she's there playing Stardew Valley. She's in like a third or fourth yeah. year or something like that. I love the sound of these games, and I'm always curious to try them, but I just, they, I just could never commit myself to something like that like because the fact that it would never end would just overwhelm me and the fact that you're saying it's so addictive like that you wouldn't play anything else so no. I, I just feel like that that those two factors completely cross it i out would for me. say like this is the thing it's like I, i'm gonna argue um I'll, well i would argue that this game is kind of perfect for a lapsed gamer Especially when if you're not worried about like if you look if you don't want to complete things like because I understand what you mean. But I there's don't some games think that there is. They feel they need to have a begin beginning yeah, middle and end. Yeah, no, no, you don't need that. It's just kind of like um, like you, have you ever played an Animal Crossing game? Oh yeah, no, I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't ever stick yeah. with these sorts of games because they require you to play right. little and often of it every day. And I just can't commit to that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but Stardew, Stardew Valley doesn't like you don't. It doesn't require you to play every day. So if you if you don't if you don't boot the game up for a few weeks, it's not like your town will have gone gone to pot. It's like it'll just pick up from where you where you stopped playing last time. But oh, okay. You can totally play it like just a day at a time. Like you could load it up, play one day, which lasts about twenty minutes. Save close it down come back whenever uh, you can sit and play it for hours or you can play it for 20 minutes um, it's just it's incredibly easy to play it's incredibly easy to pick up there's a lot of mechanics and like recipes and crafting and things like that but th- there's nothing in it that's like that requires you to be particularly skillful at, at you know, handling a controller or anything like that. Yeah, I think it's just the. the I want to. You know, you always like to try and broaden your horizons. There's just mm-hmm. two bastions of like types of games that I've just not broken into yet, and that is mm. like the long RPG, like a Witcher, and then these games. Yeah, <laughs> these kind of like Sims that are just they just aren't structured like with level completion in mind <laughs> it is apparently coming to vita like it's listed when i loaded it when i load it up on the ps4 and you can see it it's, it's listed as ps4 comma vita um so it's coming to vita apparently at some point it is also coming to the switch as well yeah because it was meant to come to wii u originally yeah yeah and there's just i mean it's once i can once i've got that available in a handheld system well, be it whichever comes first the vita or the switch um, my, I'm worried that my life is probably going to be over because then I can just take it with me. Because now, when I leave the You're house, still thinking about I have it. to stop playing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I have, but I have to stop playing it. If I can take it with me, I'm fucked. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to write uh, a review of that for the website uh, so I can elaborate a little bit more. I can sit down and actually think how to try and make it sound interesting because it's really hard to do. Yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. If you, if you like. Uh, or you've ever been interested in playing like a Harvest Moon sort of game uh, or an Animal Crossing, then yeah, definitely check it out. So in February last year, when we shuffled the format of the podcast after the departure of personnel and editing nightmares, uh, we returned with a 2016 preview and prediction show. Uh, So here's the 2016 predictions we made. 
Uh, well, those that we can remember, anyway. Uh, <laughs> let's see whether we can sort of... Uh, whether we got close with any of them and maybe award a point for each to see who was LGR's resident mystic Meg for 2016. Oh, come on, then. <laughs> <laughs> um... Going forward, we're hoping that our resident LGR organiser, the um, administrator-in-chief, Stuart Neal, will uh, keep tabs on who predicted what so we've got a more accurate scorecard in the future. I'll pass it on to the LGR clairvoyancy team. <laughs> <laughs> so, to start off with, Lee, yeah, you predicted that the launch date of the, uh, of the NX... Well, that's what it was then, wasn't it? It was, yeah. (laughs) It would be announced at E3 2016. That date is going to be spring 2017. So, half point? No half points. Uh, It's just binary. So he's got a point. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So so I I got a point. I was going to say I don't get it because I obviously said spring 17. So... You got that bit, right? Yeah, but you also said E3. Well, yeah. Oh, come on, you should have known that Nintendo wouldn't do E3. <laughs> Just not, not thinking not straight. Not in any serious capacity, well, anyway. now we know why it was only Zelda, don't we? Like I Only uh, Zelda and Pokemon, the only two games they took to well, E3. Well, now we know, because obviously the others weren't ready to be shown. Yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah. but... Um, now there was a system. Yeah, okay, well, I, I'll gladly take a point for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're being <Okay>. very generous. <laughs> Uh, the NX launch lineup will include oh, Zelda, off. Tick. I think we knew, didn't new we know IP? that. No, did we, know that in February? we can't. We knew that would be. We knew it would be a launch game. For, we knew it was coming God. to it, like uh, Twilight Princess was cross gen. It was. We knew it was going. Oh be a yeah, that's one. it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A totally new IP. Yeah, yeah, yep. got that right. One, two switches, a new IP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pikmin Four. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointed not to see that no there. Yeah, Pikmin Four. No, even no, not even a rumor of Pikmin Four. Well, we, we heard about we the. Um, they gave a. We didn't know at that time when we made these predictions that that Pikmin there was going to be a three DS Pikmin game. So I'm hoping we haven't got um, our hopes up of maybe Pikmin Four when Miyamoto talked about him working on it hmm. was actually that game. I like. I still don't know now whether there's going to be. Well, you know, there's still there, there could there's still something they could mm-hmm. announce at um, in another Nintendo Direct or Hopefully, E3 or something. Yeah, yeah. I'd love another you know full scale Pikmin game. Yeah, although I've not completed three um, yet. <laughs> your third prediction was that the NX. Also, oh, do be I get able... nothing for that then? Yeah, that's a zero. Uh, no, you get a point because oh, you got this two is... out of three. You're right. so ge- generous. What a generous crowd! If Andy was on here, he'd be getting now. <laughs> <laughs> You are your third prediction. The NX will be able to somehow play Wii U and GameCube games, but won't support the existing Wii Motes oh, or nunchucks. Um, uh, well, that was an easy one. Well, we all we all agreed that they wouldn't carry on all the current accessories, the legacy everything. controllers, yeah. But it won't play Wii U games. No, and we unless, don't know. And GameCube's at the moment hasn't been virtual confirmed. Console. Yeah, but that's not been confirmed yet, has it? It's playing Zelda. That's a Wii U game. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. The Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's, that's going to split. It. I yeah, feel bad yeah, taking point. that because we haven't had the confirmation of the GameCube. Yeah, we haven't. Virtual console. No, we've just got a rumor. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll go. I won't take one for that. Thank then. God, you've already been too generous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then your final one: Nintendo will start their own paid subscription service. Tick, <sighs> offering monthly virtual console titles. Tick, with a chance to buy them at discount after. Don't know yet. Yeah, I think my version of what I predicted would, would have been the one that they should have gone for. I think I originally said you'd yeah, give you like a choice of yeah. Um, yeah. Like a, yeah, like a, a rental system. Games, yeah. yeah. 
but uh, and then offer them a discount which apparently they're saying isn't going to be the case so again it's whether you want to give me that or not but it's a shame I'm hoping you know they still might revise the, the details of that subscription service Lee, mm. check your house for bugs <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm very pleased if we get a point for that. Then. So that's three of, out of the four God. correct. But I suppose you could argue none of them were particularly outlandish or extravagant yeah. ones. They were possibly to be expected. Still close enough and impressive, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> Kev, you you uh, predicted Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, what, what? And we got an announcement of Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. So yeah. I, th- I think that counts. Yeah, Definitely. close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Got my feet on the door. Yeah. yeah. Um, you also predicted FIFA 17, which Get I... Get in. <laughs> I don't know. We should, can we really give you a point for that? It was right. <laughs> yeah, right. Fair enough. Uh, and the last one, bang on the money, COD in space. How did you know? <laughs> Just quit at the you know? progression. <laughs> in all seriousness, was the uh, new COD in space... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because I've got, got no idea. Warfare. I thought yeah, when he said that was that was like some kind of crazy prediction. <laughs> Shows my <laughs> familiarity with the franchise. Uh, mine, uh, not so great. I thought that 2016 would be the year of the JRPG. Uh, I thought Final Fantasy 15, Kingdom Hearts 3, Nino Kuni 2, um, Fire Emblem, and Persona 5 would all be coming out. We got a new Fire Emblem. We got Final Fantasy 15. Kingdom Hearts is nowhere to be found. Don't even think it has a confirmed release date at the moment. Nino Kuni 2 is now coming out next year. Persona 5 did come out last year, but only in Japan. But, you know, <laughs> we got other ones. We're like World of Final Fantasy, Dra- uh, Dragon Quest 11, and games like that. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe 2017 will be the year of... Uh, of the um, JRPG we've got Final Fantasy 7 well, remake it certainly looks like that on the Vita and yeah. uh, there's yeah. plenty announced yeah. for Switch already yeah New Zelda Final Fantasy 7 um, remake uh, Final Fantasy 12 remake um, the uh, uh, yeah Persona 5 in English uh, Nino Kuni 2 maybe Kingdom Hearts um, yeah a bunch of stuff coming out this year so I was a year out um no Man's Sky. Oh, that was scary. <laughs> I can't remember exactly. Did I? Uh, I yeah, I predicted that a lot of people would be disappointed when it came out. <laughs> yes. um, I didn't think that many people would be disappointed when it came out. <laughs> um, I thought that people might think that it's more than it was going to be. You said you'd like it, but you didn't think anybody else would. <laughs> yeah. Did I predict that Gran Turismo would come out last yep. year? Yep. Yeah, well, I was wrong. I predicted that uh, VR will struggle. Mm. Kind of, ha- well, it's, only, it's a bit hard to guess. It's like it's it hasn't latched on on PC um, to the point that we thought it might. Uh, on PS4, it's hard to tell because nobody can get hold of a headset. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're all sold out everywhere. Well, CEX employees can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, CEX employees can get hold of them. <laughs> they're swimming in them. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 think, I don't think it was a particularly bold prediction to say that VR would struggle. It's going to take a little while to find its feet, but it's still probably the the, the medium of game, playing games in the future uh, and my last prediction was that The Last Guardian would be delayed until 2017 and it actually came out in 2016 yeah. just um, 
So no points Nil there. point. <laughs> uh, so you got about two, I think. So Kev and me, I think, are three. Three <laughs> I've got 100%. Correct. <laughs> right, and then I think you got two on yours. Yeah, I'm not doing so well. Let's have a look. So Andy, he predicted Turtles would come out. Uh, did, did we know about the Turtles game at that point? No, no. Um, no, it kind it, of came out. It, it started on about Platinum doing it. Yeah, yeah, it kind of slipped out like a wet fart. That one. Yeah, uh, the rest of it... The rest of it is just his wish list of fucking Warhammer games, which have, <laughs> most of which I still don't think have come out. Not bad. One out of two ain't bad. Okay, uh, so moving on to our predictions for this year. What do we think might happen in the gaming world 2017? Lee. Right, so again, I'm playing it kind of safe. Um, I think this is kind of a two predictions in one. I think a new Metroid game is going to be announced for the Switch and it's going to be announced at E3 um, and it's going to be released in 2018. If it's not a Retro Studios game, because obviously the rumours are that or the wish fulfillment is in the community that because they haven't had a game released since Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze in 2014 that they would be working on a Metroid game if it doesn't prove to be a Metroid game I still think they're going to come out at E3 and announce like a new IP if it's not Metroid I think they're working on a new IP and uh, again that'll be released it'll be announced in 2017 but it'll be released in either well maybe holiday 2017 or Q1 2018 so if I'm allowed that kind of mismatch of one, I think that there's going to be a new Metroid game, which I presume is by Retro. But if, if Retro aren't working on Metroid, then whatever game they are working on will come out. Mm. Is that all right? Well, I think that's a pretty safe bet. That's like an each way. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, is like an each way. I've cheated. I, I'll, I'll just stick to the Metroid, regardless of who the developer is. The Metroid will be announced and come out in 2018. This is how you won last okay. year's. I'll take out the other one. <laughs> uh, my second one is that I think this whole uh, Joy-Con business, you know, like at the launch, they're allowing you to get grey ones or like the red and the blue. Although actually Amazon didn't offer you a choice at the time. I just needed to get my pre-order in. So I've ended up with the grey ones. Um, but I think uh, the grey one looks smarter anyway. Well, I, I think Nintendo, if history is anything to be uh, learnt from, is going to do this whole customised Joy-Con thing. So post-launch... Mm-hmm. You know, definitely by Christmas, maybe even before, maybe E3 or a Direct, they're going to have like various colours and they're going to start packing them in with certain games. So I think ARMS won't do brilliantly. So what will happen is later on down the line, still within this year, I think they're going to pack Joy-Cons in because that's a game that you'd need four Joy-Con to be able to play two-player one-on-one battles with because you have a Joy-Con in each hand. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that will happen. I also think other games will come out with themed Joy-Cons, so like Mario Party 11. It could be called mm. Mario Switched Party or something, but that will have a little Joy-Con with, you know, not just colours. I think they're going to have patterns on and you'll get like a Pokemon one and a Fire Emblem one. So yeah, a J- Joy-Con customization is, is my prediction. Not a bold one, is it? <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> okay, it's a and safe then, bet. And the last one, again, actually could be safe, depending on which side of the fence you are. I've seen like a lot of people putting articles out over the lukewarm reaction to the um, Switch presentation that was recently unveiled, that um, people are now split down the middle, game developers and analysts are split down the middle on whether they think the Switch is going to um, outperform the Wii U, not just in life cycle, but also in like the first 12 months on in, on the market. I'm mm. going to go with the 50% that say it definitely will. Um, and I think that, 
not only will the switch outperform the Wii U in like life cycle sales, I think because obviously we're going to need to judge this in, in twelve months. I think it will outsell the Wii U. Uh, you know, comparatively speaking, on its first 12 months on the market. And I think it will do so by a comfortable margin. So like 12 months from now, it will, you know, there'll be a clear distinction that it has been more successful despite the negativity than the Wii U. And, and they're my three predictions for 2017. So your, your uh, prediction is that the new Nintendo console will do better than the worst ever performing Nintendo console. <laughs> <laughs> gone a bit more imaginative <laughs> to say the least <laughs> so my produ- predictions to cut down on confusion of its frankly baffling online service and to ring out even more fanboy dollars nintendo closed down all the wii u services in an attempt to push people into buying the switch despite it being perpetually out of stock worldwide <laughs> that would be harsh <laughs> it will be out of stock it's it's it will be just the Nintendo way. It'll be out of stock everywhere for good, probably a couple of months after it comes out. Well, they're still yeah. waiting for Classic Minis to come back in stock, and that's been out for four oh, months Jesus. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their opportunities come and gone with that, I think. Just for balance, Microsoft reveal Project Scorpio will be 8K UHD, and it'll have a 4 terabyte hard drive. The downside of being so forward-looking, though, is that because it now runs on static electricity, fans need a constant supply of balloons and long hair. It's always possible. <laughs> You never can tell. (laughs) And my last one, after the reveal of Project Scorpio, Sony Rush released the Pro Plus, exclusively available through CEX, before they admit (laughs) they've made it and fall foul of Lane's Health, the manufacturers of Pro Plus tablets, who successfully sue them for copyright infringement. (laughs) (laughs) Saint tells me you're not going to get three out of three this time (laughs) Yeah, I think I think I'll be made up if we do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think Kev missed a trick there by not announcing FIFA 18. Uh, you, <laughs> you should have saved that one, man. Yeah, well, that's not going to come out. <laughs> yeah, and then he announced, "No, we're skipping it this year. <laughs> we're just going to concentrate on Switch." Yeah. <laughs> Well, as this is my first year doing predictions, um, <laughs> I was thought I was going to struggle coming up with three, but then I went a little bit daft and started <laughs> reaming off a whole load of uh, absolutely ridiculous ones, things like new Telltale games being announced, such as like The West Wing, The Wire, Doctor Who, Firefly, <laughs> Lost. Um, oh, I'd Lego, love some of them. Yeah, new Lego games being announced, being Lego Game of Thrones, Lego Star Trek, and also having Lego James Bond and Lego Monty Python added into Dimensions. <laughs> Oh man! Oh wow! <laughs> Lego Monty Python—that would be amazing. Then you could oh. actually act out the uh, the scene in um, Holy Grail where the knight gets his limbs chopped off. Like the, oh, <laughs> just have the Lego pieces coming off. I've just gone. Oh, I've just slipped into there. a Python coma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other wa- very very wild prediction was that there would be 32 new Warhammer or Warhammer 40k games released before <laughs> the end of the year. <laughs> before end of the month. <laughs> yeah, the way they come out, that's probably not that wild actually. But my three <laughs> actual predictions are. Shenmue 3 will miss the December 27 release target that they currently have on the Kickstarter. Uh, there will be tears and much gnashing of teeth from certain parts of the internet because of this. My, yeah, I'd say definitely. Yeah. Yep. My second part, though, might be a little bit of a, uh, a nicer one for them. Um, I'm guessing that the HD remaster of Shenmue 1 and 2 will be released in 2017, but it will only be released on Xbox One and PS4. 
Uh, the only caveat I'd put with that is I reckon if that is in place, it might only come out on PS4, uh, depending on what sort of deal uh, they've got with um, Sony over. Because Shenmue, Shenmue 3 is coming out on PC and PS4 only. Mm. But it's not necessarily Sega behind that, whereas it was with the original. So, uh, again, it's yeah. just an off-the-wall prediction. Although there but Sega still own the IP, I think. Yeah. There has been yeah, there has been a couple of domains registered about sort of HD remasters of Shenmue. Whether or not this is, it seems to have mm-hmm. slipped under the radar a little bit. Um, but they are there. But again, it could be just wanting to sort of get those domains registered just to hold on to them. My mm. final one will be that Sony finally announced the end of production for the PS Vita. No, it's going to live forever. <laughs> I already thought they had. <laughs> well, I don't think they've officially announced it. Certainly they're not producing any more games for it. And Sony have basically said, we're moving on to other things, but we know third-party companies are actually still supporting it um, through games releases and things like that. But I think they will officially announce the actual end of production for it. My entirely reasonable, I think, because I want the points next year, um, predictions are... Uh, I've gone for quite. L- I've gone for long ones. This is like a catch-all. So, uh, Nintendo Switch will exceed the launch sales of the Wii U, and the way the wider gaming audience will understand what it is more than they did with the Wii U. Uh, and Nintendo will continue to announce a strong lineup of games coming to the system in the next year or two. I reckon they'll have a decent showing. Not at E3 because they're no longer really at E3 but you know in and around E3 sort of time uh, and in their their directs over the next uh, year or so Um, however and it's a big however the steep price for the system, the steep price for the accessories, the eye-watering RRP of the games uh, is going to mean that it will not be the runaway success that Nintendo hopes it will be and probably kind of needs it to be Um, it will continue to be viewed as a, sort of a luxury console I guess that caters only really to those who really want to play Nintendo exclusives so after initial third party support I think that will start to dry up as the big publishers see no point in devoting resources to making games that cater to a system doesn't have the wide appeal of, of uh, PS4 and the Xbox One um, I really hope I'm wrong uh, I really hope that Nintendo could course correct before now and when the system launches, or at least before Christmas of this year when they're probably looking at getting the most sales. But if they don't, I can see it becoming another niche console. Uh, just, yeah, just one of those luxury consoles mm-hmm. that people get in addition to the, one of the others rather than a main system. But that being said, if they can drop in price, drop the console in price, uh, the games can drop in price because 60 quid for Zelda is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 50 quid for Mario Kart. I know it's it's a new a version of a phenomenal game, but it's 50 quid. And if developers can take full advantage of the hardware and make exciting and unique games that anyone can play in the way that only Nintendo can do, uh, then the system could be a real winner. But like I said, knowing how stubborn Nintendo are, I, I don't think I can see that happening. So better than the Wii U, not the... Not the, the the runaway success that I think that they really want it to be. Second prediction, uh, and this one's probably wishful thinking, uh, but I think we might begin to see the demise of the season pass uh, and possibly the demise of ubiquitous paid-for DLC. 
Um, so in the last week or so, it was announced that Mass Effect Andromeda is not going to have a season pass. Ooh. Um, which is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And as we saw over like the past year in 2016, titles like Overwatch and Titanfall 2, uh, some publishers are like they're looking seriously at a model that has microtransactions for you know uh, meaningless cosmetic items that people will still pay money for. Not that I have at all. Um, <laughs> not. Um, for cosmetic items, yeah, uh, and then which in turn that that funds the development of free DLC, new characters, new maps, new game modes, etc. It'll probably take a very long time to die out uh, if it re- reduces substantially at all. But uh, my hope is that eventually season passes and overpriced pieces of small DLC like map packs and nickel and dime nonsense like horse armor DLC, um, <laughs> that all goes the way of uh, online passes. Do you remember the online pass? Mm-hmm. If you bought a game secondhand, it had online stuff. You had to pay money to be able to access the online yep. stuff. Mm. Glad that died. And my final one, again probably wishful thinking uh is that i think publishers may start to take risks with new ip again um because like last year we saw like massive drops in sales for games like dishonored 2 watchdogs 2 titanfall 2 call of duty infinite warfare uh, compared to their previous installments if new ip like horizon zero dawn for honor days gone sea of thieves detroit become human uh vampire etc if they sell well um provided those games actually come out this year um then maybe we'll start to see publishers deciding to take some risks and invest in new ideas um that being said looking down the list of 2017's most anticipated games it's chock full of sequels and threequels and reboots and another card and the return of assassin's creed and the fourth mass effect game uh and the industry does take a long while to to change course when uh when it seems that the public's taste are changing but if last year's silly season sale decline uh is anything to go by then maybe the public at large are beginning to tire of the same old ip reiterated upon year after year Adam, he predicts that Scorpio is going to be way more expensive than anyone expects, around $500 plus, and support VR from day one. I'm not sure what camera will be used uh, to track headset after their hasty dumping of Kinect. And I think he's going to be right. Like, I am expecting... Uh, I don't know how, how much that translates into pounds, but I'm expecting the Scorpio to be at least 500 quid when it comes out. It's supposed to be substantially more powerful than even the PS4 Pro. Uh, six teraflops, um, more RAM, etc., etc. They reckon it'll do native 4K. We'll see if it does native 4K, because even an expensive PC can struggle with native 4K. I think they're going to support VR. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see um, Oculus making some sort of pared-down version of the headset that will work with the uh, with the Scorpio. Um, his next prediction was that Nintendo will not backtrack on any of their bizarre online stuff, <laughs> like a social voice chat via a phone app. That's pretty obviously yeah. a solid one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sadly. I saw a recent um, a tweet today actually talking about that, and there was some daft excuse uh, about a lot of gamers don't like using the heavy um, headset, and we'd much rather use a small set of earbuds plugged into a phone. Um, as their justification for not including voice chat on the console and putting it on that's the, a phone nonsense. app. That's nonsense. Is that nonsense? Has that been disproved now? 
<laughs> no, no, that's nonsense. No. Why don't they just bring it? Because like the PS4 shipped with an earbud. Yeah, yeah. You plug into the controller. <laughs> so yeah, make an earbud that plugs into the Switch. Not well, yeah. Not even just that, but the fact that you know, um, oh, I'm guessing the uh, the Switch does actually have an earphone socket and what have you. And you know, why not? And if it's supposed to be a portable console as well, why didn't they include a small set of earphones in it anyway? I have no idea. It's slightly bizarre. I know people have their own choices of what they prefer to have or use as earphones, but even a basic set, um, at least we've yeah. given people that option out of the box. Uh, uh, Adam's final prediction. I'm sorry, Lee. <laughs> Mario Odyssey is going to get delayed until 2018. Uh, but Pokemon Sun and Moon HD re-release and SNES Classic Editions will, will be released on the Switch to fill the gap. How annoyed would you be? I'll certainly take a SNES Classic Edition, um, but no, I, yeah. I, I, well, of course games do get delayed, but part of me thinks that Nintendo really wanted to have Super Mario Odyssey ready at launch, and I think it's already been secretly delayed to yeah. Christmas. They can't, they can't afford to not have that game out in yeah. time for Christmas. I mean, I don't know about... I Presumably, a lot of the majority of the staff are not working on Zelda and Mario at the same time, like they're different teams, but I think some of the lead creative personnel may be straddling across both projects, and I think mm. maybe... Because Zelda itself has been delayed so often, I don't know whether a lot of resources were poured into that and it's caused like a, a domino effect with Mario then being delayed I, I, I don't think they'll make the Zelda mistake because how many times was that pushed back three times something like that uh, I think so yeah yeah so I don't I don't think they can afford with the lineup that we know today I don't think they can afford Mario to slip into Q1 2018 mm. we'll see Ali uh, so his predictions 2017 so he predicts Forza 7 <laughs> that's not a particularly bold prediction they bring out a Forza game every year will be full 4k compatible with more tracks and cars than ever this will also be a dual format like Horizon 3 uh, I'd like to think for this version they will raise the bar again with the tracks and or embracing license they have for a few things such as BTCC uh, but we will see Announcement E3 or before if there is a motoring show beforehand with whatever this year's crazy car is going to be. Normally Ford, Ferrari or Lamborghini, so I'm going to guess uh, it's the return of a Ferrari, but we'll see. Uh, the last punt would be that the Grand Tour program will feature in this game too and replace Top Gear in the game. Um, probably a good bet, to be honest. Pokemon Sun and Moon. This will be announced at around summertime that it will be coming to the Switch. Uh, and I think it will be out very close to the announcement too. I have a feeling that Nintendo may have a presence this year at E3 and have a, a few games up their sleeve. Yeah, I hope so. They've got it, really. Yeah, I mean, well, they'll, I mean, anything is going to be better than what they had last year. Well, this is um, what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think that uh, they might want to try and push the Switch as much as they can. And why not be at E3 and or Gamescom? Um, I could be wrong because it's Nintendo. We will see. Yeah, mm. you never can tell with Nintendo, but I think they've got to have a strong showing at, at um, E3. I mean, they're not going to have a good on-stage press conference. They'll no, have a, I mean it could be. I mean, I direct. Think, yeah, exactly. So I think although we're at saying they could be, you know, we want them to come back uh, punching, it could be that actually they have some high-quality info yeah. announcement packed directs throughout the year, um, which I'm sure yeah. we'll take as well. And then a number of Treehouse streams yes, during E3 yeah, exactly. and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and his final prediction is uh, to do with The Division. Uh, Ubisoft will announce at E3 or their private thing beforehand that Year 2 will be live from September. 
uh, for a guess and it will be in a different state altogether and have a new level cap that you need to go to a new area and set up another base to help fail division team who previously started this. It will feature new abilities when starting the new base, new missions and may, uh, may throw in a few new mechanics etc to keep the game alive. I'm not so sure about that, uh, I mean they're still working on the DLC for this year's game because they had to push everything back whilst they spent months fixing it. So uh, I don't know if we'll see another Division game this year, maybe 2018. But I could be wrong, we'll see. Um, Andy's predictions. Andy predicts the Scorpio will be released at £500 plus, possibly a good bet, followed by an internet meltdown and then Microsoft to do another about face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wouldn't be the first time. Uh, I I mean, talking, uh, looking at like the the kind of specs that are being thrown around about the Scorpio, I can't see them really selling it at less than about £500. Mm unless they plan on taking a massive loss on every unit and hoping to recoup it through software sales because there's a lot of expensive kit in that thing if the rumours are to be believed but Mm. we'll see I'm assuming we'll get more information about that at E3 Mm. well the comparable PC would be what about maybe 600-700 pounds so yeah even at 5 easily even at 500 they might even be taking a little bit of a hit on it anyway but yeah I think yeah. that's nearly a given that it will be in around 500 and uh, there will well, be how much, do you, how much do you reckon it would cost to build a PC that could play games native 4K um, the sort of recent um, AMD or Nvidia cards probably go for in around 350 just for the graphics card themselves um, just for the graphics card yeah yep. so that's kind of sort of putting it into that sort of ballpark even just on graphics card alone yeah. Um, now obviously they might have a little bit of tinkering or what have you and maybe a slightly custom card and what have you but even so um, you're still talking about you know at least £300 um, for yeah. a sort of a 4K uh, sort of ready to go uh, graphics card and he's cheated I just noted he's got more than three <laughs> <laughs> he's got multiple his bets yeah that's cheeky um, his we'll go with his next one is more hate as people take things they shouldn't too seriously and things that need sorting out in the games industry don't get solved. (laughs) That's not even a prediction, that's like just current state of play. (laughs) Should we just give him the point now? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo about face of some sort, either on price, games packaged in or online. They won't. They won't. You know what Nintendo are like. They're stubborn. We'll see. I mean, obviously... The retailers at some point will yeah. offer bundled games, but I don't know how much that will bring the price down. Because um, yeah. obviously, I think that's still dictated to them by Nintendo. Yeah, and it's the last one. Most of the games mentioned in the show will be featured again in the LGR 2018 <laughs> preview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Game delays. They're a thing. Speaking of which previewing games that we are anticipating the most Lee what are you looking forward to the most this year one of my you know top three most anticipated games for 2017 is the full two which is now kind of subtitled unbound this is uh, the game by over the moon 
and it was uh, they've come out and said it's going to come out on Q1 2017 they hope um, and it just says after the unhinging events of part one Arid's very existence is threatened when she's ejected from her body and projected onto a vast global network in a desperate attempt to save herself Arid invades and attempts to control several other robots she finds there each with different personalities and gameplay styles will Arid successfully enlist their help before it's too late one thing's for certain the process will change her so um, if we remember <laughs> we'll include a link to that actual advertisement on the Over the Moon um, website and it's got a nice teaser trailer and a lot more detail um, but yeah really looking forward to playing with that, that one because um, uh, the full was in my five games played of uh, the year before last and the next one is Snipper Clips, which, um, to be honest, has only been like in the last day or so that I've heard more information about that. Um, that is the Switch title that's been slated for March 2017, and I believe it's an eShop title, and it's this... Um, it's a, I think it's a collaboration between Nintendo and an indie developer, and it's... Um, it's like this unique co-op puzzle game where you solve various problems and challenges by cutting into your co-op partners like on-screen avatar so you have to mm. kind of create various shapes to manipulate objects and it i'm just everything you know i'm hearing from people who have been hands-on with it are saying it's almost like a, a not a killer app but like a secret weapon i think the phrase was for the mm. for the switch that like this game's kind of gone under the radar and it's actually going to be a really good um more affordable price entry point for people to really get the use out of the the um Joy-Con and what the kind of Switch has to offer. So really looking forward to that. And then finally, of course, no surprise, Super Mario Odyssey uh, Holiday <laughs> 2017. It's a new 3D Mario. What, ne what more needs to be said? It's likely to probably be up there with the very best games the Switch will ever have. And we're getting it in the mm. first year of that console's life cycle. So, you know, come on, it can't. it's not all doom and gloom. They're getting Zelda, which I know for everyone else in the world will be an absolute Stone Cold classic, and we're getting Mario Odyssey. So that's two, yeah. like, two platform-defining games within the first, what, six months and a bit of its life cycle. Things aren't so bad when you look at it like that. It'll get delayed. <laughs> Kev, <laughs> what are you looking forward to? Same as last year. <laughs> Red, okay. Dead, Red Dead Redemption. Hopefully, it ain't coming out this year. Ah, oh, you better be. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. Um, hopefully, gonna go back a bit further back into time and see Marston as a young book. You know, see him in his mm. crazy adventures before he started to settle down. They kind of have to. They have to go back in time because, like, the first Red Dead was set right at the death yeah. of the Wild West. If they go forward, then there's nearly nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next one is South Park, the uh, butthole. The fractured yeah. butthole. <laughs> That's again as well. Mm -hmm. That was yeah, from last that year. was from last year as well. Yeah. yeah. And another one I was looking forward to last year. Well, we all were Persona yeah. Five. Which well, you could have played it in Japanese. Well, yeah, it makes about as much sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if they want to put this back, they can do because I'm still waiting through Persona Four. It's fucking huge. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'll take you a <laughs> yeah. while. Just hurry up with it. You've only got until April. Um, yeah, following on from that, uh, I'll rattle through mine. Um, after having railed against sequels and hoping that this year brings more IP, uh, my most anticipated game is Persona 5. Um, <laughs> Contrary. Uh, I've loved 
Persona. What is it? It's the first Persona release. It's not a, like a reimagining or, yeah. or uh, yeah. polishing up version since PS2. That's when Persona yeah. 4 came out. Right. So this will be new then, environment, new story, new characters. New, new story. Yeah. Completely yeah. new story. New characters. New everything. Like Persona 4 Golden was just like a the ultimate version of Persona 4 on on the Vita. Yes. Uh, but it was still essentially a PS2 game. Um, I like a good JRPG. I like a game with style. I like a game with, with a striking art style, and and I, I'm a sucker for a good soundtrack. And Persona Five appears to have all of those elements in spades, so uh, I can't wait to get my hands on that on uh, April fourth. Um, second most anticipated game of 2017 is also a sequel, um, <laughs> Splatoon Two, coming to the Switch this summer um, at some point. I adore the first platoon. I uh, didn't get into it until I finally got a Wii U in like November of 2015, so a good six months or so after the first one had come out, but instantly fell in love with it. Fast, frenetic, it's colourful, it's fun, it's easy to get into, but it's kind of hard to master, so there's a good amount of depth. And in- again, incredible soundtrack. Uh, it's one of the best multiplayer shooters out there. Uh, some people have been saying that Splatoon 2 looks more like a half-step or a glorified update rather than a proper sequel, but... Yeah. From what I want to see like, more. I want to see more. I feel new, like that. Yeah. Well, from what I've seen uh, from gameplay and what I've heard people talking about who've played it, there's new mechanics, new ways to move around, like dodge attacks and things like that. Uh, new attacks, new game modes, new customization options, new weapons. Uh, it's just going to be more of a game that I love, so I can't wait to play that. And finally, uh, surprise, surprise, another sequel. Um, LAUGHTER so this one's got some some history so back in september 2014 uh i got destiny on day one and began a little bit of a love affair with that game really uh, two and a half years i've been playing it <laughs> uh, 1000 i checked earlier my, my stats 1209 hours of game time oh, wow uh, that is insane and, i know <laughs> Uh, I spent endless nights of joy exploring the Cosmodrome and the caverns of Venus and the dunes of Mars and so on. Uh, I've made genuine online friends playing Destiny. I've spent hours reading about the lore hidden away in Grimoire pages and item descriptions. I've teamed up with other players and fought alien gods and explored the depths of the Vault of Glass. And I've taken glory in the Iron Banner and then sworn at Bungie for their messed up netcode and matchmaking system. (laughs) And I've spent far far too long hanging out in the game's social areas just dancing with random people i haven't played it much recently uh and i think that's probably due to the fact there's just been so many other games to play uh and the groups of people i've been i've been playing with are kind of dropped off just because we're now two and a half years into the same game and it's like yeah there's been content updates but we want something fresh and something new destiny had some real flaws when it came out most of those have been addressed i can't think of many studios who have listened as closely to the fans as bungie have and fixed almost everything that was wrong with the game as much as they possibly could so given that i really am expecting great things from destiny 2 is destiny 2 going to be multi-platform hasn't i heard a rumor about PC? it's coming to pc yeah uh it's they're yeah. cutting uh well, even the last DLC actually uh, cut support for the old-gen console, so it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. More about Switch. Mm. Not Switch, no, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, few honourable mentions as well, like, obviously, oh, looking forward to Horizon on. Zero Dawn. Gee, you said we could only yeah, have three. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, these are just ones that, like, uh, you know, these are obvious. Horizon Zero Dawn, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see what Ubisoft do with Assassin's Creed after taking a year off. Super Mario Odyssey, of course. 
Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, of course. And Detroit Become Human. I haven't really enjoyed a David Cage game before, but this one looks kind of interesting, so I'm hoping it's good. Stu, what are you looking forward to? Um, Very quickly, I am looking forward to Warhammer 40,000 Dawn of War 3. I played this uh, a little bit at EGX, and it seems to be a really nice... Um, sort of mix between what was the original Dawn of War and then Dawn of War 2. Dawn of War, uh, the original Dawn of War was more of a base building and then sending your army out, whereas Dawn of War 2 was a little bit more tactical and actually taking the same team through the whole map, um, sort of eliminating enemies on your way. This one appears to be sort of a mix between the two where you're doing your bases and what have you, but you're still sort of managing, um, almost micromanaging uh, the little teams a little bit more. Uh, obviously, Legend Andy, of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which... Uh, what? And, Andy, your, your <laughs> accent's changed. <laughs> it's funny because I remember Stu going into the booth and he walked past the orc and I thought, my God, he comes up to his kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a big statue. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, so yes, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which just looks stunning. Um, mm. I will be... After cancelling my pre-order on the Wii U <laughs> in the hope of getting it on the Switch, I will now be re-pre-ordering so again. Right, plenty of copies lying around. Yeah, yeah, there'll be loads of them. Uh, one of the other ones I'm then look, uh, most looking forward to is Tokyo 42. Mm. Again, this was at EGS. It's somewhere, but be- yeah, it looks really yeah, good. It's somewhere between Hitman and Syndicate, uh, the original Syndicate back on the, like the Mega Drive and the SNES mm. and uh, the PC. It's just looks phenomenal and it has the sort of um, sort of dimension twisting of like fairs and what have you uh, they actually rotate the landscape so you can actually sort of run behind buildings and things it looks and played really well it needed a controller at EGX that was my only sort of issue with it um, playing it on mouse and keyboard was a little mm. awkward um, but I think that is going to be uh, highly regarded uh, whenever it gets released a couple of other little mentions are ones that I'm sort of currently following on Twitter just to see how they're going to turn out. One of them is called Dead Cells, um, which looks to be almost, I want to say, uh, you know, that sort of Metroidvania oh. um, sort of 2D platformer, yeah. pixel um, art, what have you, looks very, very nice. I played that at EGX. Um, it was dead good. Ah, okay. Is that yeah. going to be more um, probably or Steam only to be given? Uh, I would, it's certainly going to be Steam. I would say it could well come out on PS4 and Xbox One, depending on how easy it is for them to actually port it over. Um, so yeah, that looks very, very nice. Ashworld is the newest game currently being developed by Orange Pixels. Um, they, I had Space Grunts um, at number six in my game of the year this year. Um, Space Grunts is one of their, is uh, like a mobile offering and what have you, but it's also on Steam and was just a wonderful turn-based um, sort of action roguelike. Uh, Ashworld looks to be almost Mad Max-ish um, as a top-down um, pixel uh, <laughs> art sort of open world no <laughs> it'll be better than Mad Max Mark <laughs> and my last one is 88 Heroes I don't know a whole lot about it I've seen a little bit of a gameplay trailer and it just looks mad not quite as over the top as say something like the wonderful 101 um, but certainly they've created like 88 completely different little characters and what have you um, for the game and it's definitely coming to PS4 and I'm fairly sure PC as well mm. um, so that looks fairly interesting too so that's another person that's had six instead of three. <laughs> <laughs> Almighty. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, Adam, uh, he's picked more than three, technically. Um, <laughs> but he's picked three and then honourable mentions. So his three are Zelda, Breath of the Wild, obvious, yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda, yeah, looks like it'll be good as well. Resident Evil 7. Boring. Mm, come on, Adam, when was the last time a Resident Evil game was good? Um... Honourable mentions, Prey, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, and Sea of Thieves. Uh, sea of Thieves, actually, is the game that could, if it's as good as I hope it is, be the, the game that finally makes me cave and get an Xbox One, because that game looks really, really fun. Yeah, but is it going to come out this year? I mean, good God, that's been hanging around now for years. <laughs> it's been, been hanging around for a while, yeah. Yeah. But um, looks good. Yeah. Uh, Ali is looking forward to Red Red Redemption 2. He says, uh, we don't know a lot about this game and Rockstar like to reveal and then release. I love the first one ever. It's been a while since I played it, but I'm looking forward to playing the new one. I know this isn't a prediction, but I guess more info around E3 and the release of first Friday in September. That game ain't coming out in 2017. Um, <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Ghost Recon. Um, I think it means Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, really looking forward to this and uh, more the co-op side of things. I'm hoping it's as good as they as they saying it will be. Um, well, of course Ubisoft says it will be good. Um, I was a massive <laughs> fan of these on the PS2 and had loads of fun with a mate on it. Uh, looking forward to taking down some drug cartels. And uh, finally, Zelda Breath of the Wild. I think it goes without saying I'm looking forward to this since it's been pre-ordered with my Switch. Looks great and I can't wait to try it. Um, there are so many more, but you've tied my hands at just three. Yeah, oh, Ali actually stuck to it. Bloody cheats. Sorry. <laughs> I hope you're um, feeling better now. And Andy's most anticipated games, uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, an RPG set in the medieval world. That was world last that year. doesn't have monsters to slay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's cheating. Um... Horizon Zero Dawn. Didn't he predict that last yes. year? Yes. Well? Yeah. yeah. Just gonna do it again. Yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. Stunning world. Strong female character and robotic dinosaurs that remind me of Zoids. You all need to look up your toy history. They were oh, great. Oh yes. And uh, finally, uh, the Bard's Tale. Hoping they can make this a good game and keep that sense of humour. Enjoyed the PS2 version. I mean, he's also cheating. Put two more. Resident Evil Seven. I want to be scared and fight off well-designed monsters, not blobs. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. And Red Dead Redemption fucking 2, enough said. That game ain't coming out this year. <laughs> so basically, we're off air when Red Dead Redemption comes out, because none of us are going to want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> the LGR community has uh, messaged us in their masses to let us know their anticipated <laughs> games and predictions for 2017. We've been literally inundated with tweets. So um, <laughs> let's work through a selection of them. Um, Jack Smith, our very own Jack Smith at Chronogenesis on Twitter, he predicts that games will be played and fun will be had. Uh, some anticipated games include Seventh Continent, uh, Nautilion, Santorini, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Puyo Puyo Tetris, which looks really good, and Snipperclips, which also looks really good. Yeah. Um, he also says his most anticipated game, though, has yet to be announced, and he looks forward to the pleasant surprises ahead of us. Connor, who has been on with us before, at VDJOMB, um, he's looking forward to Horizon Zero Dawn and South Park The Fractured But Whole this year. Nice one. Avid listener and fan Colm Sheridan at Psalm67 says he is looking forward to Zelda Breath of the Wild. Nothing else as I'm doing my own year of shame <laughs> and Switch is my late Christmas present from my wife. 
it'll take him a year to complete Zelda anyway so <laughs> he'll still be playing it in 10 <laughs> yeah <laughs> and Adam Belcher who's at Boatang has put Mass Effect Ghost Recon Horizon Zero Dawn and Sea of Thieves for 2017 uh, maybe clear some off my pile of shame and any console release will be underwhelming and overpriced <laughs> <laughs> yeah what could uh, he be my, talking about <laughs> oh, I don't know I don't know uh, any AAA game? Um, Mike uh, at TestTube27 says Red Dead Redemption. I'm really sorry to keep repeating this. It's not coming out this year. <laughs> uh, Red Dead Redemption, if it comes out. And Horizon Zero Dawn will be this year's No Man's Sky. Ooh. Ooh. Them's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Stevie Patmore, who's also been with us before, and he's at Stevie Patterman. I'm waiting for Resident Evil 7 and Digimon World next order this month, but I'm mostly looking forward to finding Paradise. Uh, I don't know that one. Okay. No, no uh, idea. I'll have to look that one yeah, up. Yeah, I'll have to look that one up as well. Yep. From then, Andy Palmer, who's at Remalaptor, another guest on the show. Mm. Hey. Uh, and under the radar, most anticipated for me is that Final Fantasy 12 remake. <laughs> I love that game. <laughs> Prediction, the Final Fantasy twelve remake will not come out in 2017. I think I, I think he might be in luck, actually, because I saw that that was at EGX, um, and it looked pretty much finished then, so he may be in luck, but you never know. And on a similar vein, we've had one from Darwin Ragnar at Justin Knowles on Twitter, and he's put most anticipated Cyberpunk 2077, and prediction, it won't come out, 2018 release. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be honest, you'd be lucky if it comes out in 2018. Like CD Projekt Red, there's not a lot of them, and yeah, they don't make games very quickly. I'm thinking that might be. We'd be lucky if it comes out in 2018. Do you think actually following games for the last 30 years makes you a bit more jaded? Uh, yeah, I reckon so. (laughs) (laughs) Seems to be a side effect. Yeah, it seems to be more that games companies seem to announce them so far in advance. Yeah, and give sort of wishy-washy, you know, years or (laughs) months of release or whatever, and there's just no hope of them hitting them. But they're just hoping that the hype will actually carry them through and uh, until it's actually released. And we just want to obviously mm. say thank you to the community for obviously getting in contact with us. And we apologise if we've left uh, any off, you know, that we've, we've missed since we've started recording. A few shout outs and thank yous. At Zoso1701, uh, the co host of the Game Apparent Magic Hour show, kindly gave us some game codes for Minion Masters and Pirate Pop Plus. That's a brilliant game title. Um, to be added to our LGR community free Steam code goodie bag. Yeah, that's meant to be um, a really good game if you're into like um, the old sort of Game Boy. It's like very much styled on the old Game Boy graphics and it's like mm, a bit nice. like um, Pang as well. Like, you know, these shoot ropes right. to pop yeah. balloons. Colm Sheridan, uh, I'd like to thank him again for coming on our recent Nintendo Switch presentation episode. Especially, uh, episode yeah, especially yeah. as he just literally that moment finished recording his own podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Marathon in overtime. Evening. And he's an old man as well, so. Yeah, that was way past his bedtime. Can't be. It was, it was. We kept him up late that night. <laughs> Um, and uh, we're just, uh, we've had a thank you in from uh, Jack Smith at Chronogenesis who says uh, these daily recommendations referring to the, the free games that, that Stuart's been tweeting out uh, these daily recommendations have been very spiffy if there aren't any plans I may do something similar in the future month I was thinking of maybe highlighting some great Game Boy releases on Wii U slash 3DS or perhaps a good intro uh, intro mix of board games I'd nice. definitely be interested in an intro mix of board games because yeah. 
I haven't really played board games, like proper board games in a long time, so I don't know what's good anymore. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Any ideas mm. that you know Jack wanna Jack wants to put together for us, much appreciated. Before we sign off, just a brief note on our website, uh, which of course can be found at lapsgamer.com. So, uh, as Ali has kindly redesigned our blog for us, so it looks a bit more professional. Uh, we're going to be beginning to add uh, reviews to the site in the coming weeks. Uh, I've got a couple in in the bag, uh, well, ready, almost ready to go, and um, uh, Adam's got some stuff in in the works as well. Um, so. As we're a show that tries largely to cater to the, the Laps Gamer, we're going to be tailing our reviews to reflect that. Uh, all reviews will be written not only looking at the quality of gameplay, story, art design, etc. We'll also be writing from the point of view of, is this game suitable for a lapsed gamer? That means we'll be looking at how long a game takes to beat, whether it's feasible to play in small chunks, how accessible the gameplay is, and various other factors. So, um, in a way that definitely isn't copying Eurogamer please don't sue us uh, we will score the games as follows um, uh, gold stamps will be awarded to the absolute best of the best the the, the creme de la creme uh, not only just in terms of being an exceptional game but uh, an exceptional game that's accessible to a lapsed gamer uh, gold stamps will be awarded to only a handful of games a year so if you see a review with that stamp on you know that we bloody love it um Silver stamps will be awarded to games that we highly recommend. Again, not just because they're great games, but because they are lapsed gamer friendly to a significant degree. Um, <clears throat> and finally, avoid stamps. What was the design we finally went with on that one? Um, I got rid of the pile of poo and I've just put avoid. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So yeah, we've got an avoid stamp. Uh, so avoid stamps will be awarded to games that we think are just absolute garbage. Uh, so this may be because the game is seriously technically flawed, because the game design severely impairs enjoyment, or because microtransactions or some other horrible modern game system impedes too much on, on your fun with it. Um, if a game is good, but inherently unsuitable for a lapsed gamer, um, we're not going to give it the avoid stamp, I don't think. Uh, but we will ensure to make it explicitly clear in the review itself that we can't, in good conscience, recommend the game to a lapsed gamer, despite how much we may like it personally. Yeah, and obviously um, the, the community yeah. can respond to that, because we're still like mm. trying to drill down essentially what a lapsed gamer is and it's obviously a term that means something different for us all so there might be a game that we we kind of are flagging up that we think personally it might pose some problems to a lapsed gamer but somebody out there might say no i found quite the opposite true so you know really we mm. basically want to hear much more from the listenership about their own Absolute, experiences yeah. of playing games whether they're lapsed or active so we can get you know like it all just adds to the bait and uh you know sharing the enthusiasm of the hobby yeah so stamps like the gold stamps will be very rare. Silver stamps will be the only two ones we recommend. And avoid stamps will only be to the really, really bad ones. Anything else that doesn't fall into those categories just won't get a stamp. So we're not scoring them out of five or ten or anything like that. Um, if you want to know what we think of a game, you'll have to read the bloody review, won't you? And uh, but if you've got, if you wouldn't mind, you know, if, if people are listening and they want to write a review, I'm sure if we if they get in contact with Ali, you know, they, they, be, there's a be yeah, scope absolutely. to post them possibly on the blog. Okay, <clears throat> so as always, you can stream or directly download our episodes as MP3s via our Podbean homepage, which is lapsgameradio.podbean.com. And if you're enjoying our content, then please subscribe to Laps Game Radio on iTunes. And, you know, of course, all reviews are most welcome and appreciated in order to our little community to thrive. Um, 
And I guess all that's left to be said is uh, thanks for joining me on this marathon episode and uh, good night, gentlemen. Yep, kicking the new year off. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, how we mean to go on, but hopefully we can bring some of the shows oh, no. in a bit shorter than tonight. <laughs> but yeah. thank you for listening, people, and great to talk to you guys. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Yeah, thank you very much, and good night. That's the only time I've ever heard a cookie described as really naughty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you get get an idea of the excitement levels that I get to.